Welcome to another segment of the Agricultural Market Viewpoint. This is a podcast where we reflect on various themes influencing the agricultural economy here at home in South Africa and beyond our borders. This week I want to take a step back and look at how South Africa's agricultural sector has actually performed in 2022. Because I think if you speak with anyone that is in agriculture, either farmer or someone in the value chain, they will probably tell you that this has been a demanding or challenging year in South Africa's agriculture. And there's a number of events that we saw shaping our performance and some will actually have a lasting impact uh, for the coming years. And I, I want to speak uh, on some of those this week uh, at a very uh, high level briefly on, on that. And I think this, the good starting point will be to comment about how I think this sector will perform this year. And we yet going to have a full year data. It will be released around about March uh, 2023, which will when we will be able to know what's the sector's gross value added or agricultural GDP, as some may say, will actually perform. And this will come, uh, of course, after two solid years of growth in the sector. If one thinks back in 2020, which is the point that uh, we've said several times that agriculture was one of the shining lights uh, in COVID years. That was speaking a lot to the 14.9% growth that we saw in agriculture in 2020. And you fast forward, you looked at 2021, uh, the sector also performed well, about 8.8% growth um, that year. So that was a period of good uh, performance. There was a number of things be- be behind that. A large harvest, favorable rainfall, and also the fact that unlike other sectors of the economy, agriculture was relatively uh, open and not constrained with the COVID lockdown. It was one of the essential sectors of the economy. So favorable policy environment, uh, solid demand domestically and globally, and favorable uh, farming uh, conditions from an environmental perspective. That supported the performance of the sector. But if you look this year, I think we will probably see a mild contraction. There's a number of things that makes me believe that uh, part of it is a decline in critical crop harvest, although might declines and still above long-term average, but it's nonetheless, if you look at it on a year-on-year basis, it's a decline. Take maize, for example. It's down 6% on a year-on-year basis uh, because of uh, poor yields in some of the areas due to excessive rains at the start of the 2021-22 season. You look in the eastern side of the country, there were damaging uh, rainfall in the sugar industry uh, earlier this year, which actually uh, 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 under, uh, uh, presented some challenges for the sugar industry in South Africa, and we'll see a bit of underperformance in some of the areas there. If you think about it, we saw a bit of trade friction uh, in the fruits, vegetables, wool, uh, beef, and that was caused by a number of things. If you think about the EU, which is the point that we've discussed in this podcast a few weeks back, that in the EU, uh, oranges or citrus struggling because of the changes in the regulations and that delayed trade activity. And there's still ongoing issue there because early in the new year, um, there will be some further regulatory uh, discussions that will happen between South Africa and the EU. Technical work is still uh, happening underway or, or on that. So that's something that we will revisit in the coming year. But it does have an impact on our performance uh, this year. Vegetables, the likes of Namibia and Botswana, place temporary bans on some of our vegetable production, but also excessive rains that weighed on the production in the northern parts of South Africa earlier in, in the year. 
the biosecurity constraints like foot and mouth disease those actually presented a lot of uh, difficulties for the beef industry in the wool uh, we had a segment here where we discussed the wool exports issue with china china which takes about 70 percent of south african wool um, exports and put a temporary ban for a couple of months and that weighed on that industry uh, the same story with beef where we can't export uh, to certain markets because of the foot and mouth disease. Um, and that is also presenting even difficulties on an operational side because some feedlots had to temporarily uh, close and actually not do much slaughtering as they would have typically done. And that presents further uh, difficulties, especially in an environment where input costs through grains and oil seeds are also elevated. Now you take all of those factors together and some of the things that I didn't mention, all of those, they will weigh on the sector's performance this year. But I think on a more technical sense, uh, strong performance of the past two years has also created an exceptionally high base, um, now setting the ground to actually see some bit of pullback in the performance this year. So that's the high level picture at which I think the sector will pretty much look like. But that doesn't mean that uh, South Africa's agriculture hasn't delivered to its core contribution, which is the national improving national food security and job creation. On a food security front, we had a podcast a few weeks uh, ago, which we discussed that. And we were focusing on what is called the Economist Global Food Security Index, which is an index that looks at about 113 countries and rank them from number one, which is the best, most food secure, and um, 133, the worst in, in that ranking. And South Africa had uh, sort of uh, regressed a few a few years ago, particularly last year because of the prices issues and uh, some of the other areas uh, where we saw vulnerability in the food security spaces 2020 and 2021. But if you look at this year to say where is South Africa standing in that and when one looks at the food security index it measures a number of things food affordability, availability, quality and safety, sustainability and adoption which means then on environmental side and the production side of agriculture. Now, South Africa has improved uh, in, in that index. It's now at uh, number 59. Uh, and if you think back, it's improving from a position 70 in 2021. Um, and the country that is after us is in the African continent is Tunisia at 62. So we're still sitting as the most food secure in the African continent, which means that there's a lot of improvement that South Africa has made onto that. But of course, one can't boost the, by that sentence because there's still millions of South Africans that are in hunger. Over 6 million people are living in poverty. So there's a lot that needs to be done at a household level. But I think at a national level, in terms of making sure that there's sufficient production of, of, of food that is of good nutrition and safety, and safe to consume. There's a lot of that in South Africa. We've made enormous progress um, into that. And the issues of affordability, of course, remain the challenge. And that has a lot to do with the general increase in food prices domestically and also globally. But it also speaks to households that are not having enough um, income to be able to, to, to buy products. Because even if prices have, normal, have somewhat come down in some areas, normalized, if the household doesn't have any income, uh, then they won't be able to to procure uh, the products they need, and which is why some of these uh, instruments that the government has put out as a social grants uh, tend to be very helpful 
um, and effective in assisting us to a certain extent on that as a country. The other contribution of South Africa's agricultural sector this year is on employment. And we recently had the jobs numbers for, for our for, for in South Africa. And if you look at the primary agricultural jobs, in the third quarter of this year, we had 873,000 people working in this sector. This is up 5% compared to the previous year. And it's well above the long-term average, which is about 780,000 people. And now if you were to say, okay, but where are these people working in agriculture? And you'll see that some are in vegetables, some are in fruits, some are in field crop. All of these subsectors saw sustained improvement in, in, in jobs. The only ones that we saw that they took a knock are like the livestock industry, which relate to the point I made earlier about the foot and mouth disease that have weighed on a sector. But all of the other sectors, uh, regardless of the difficulties that I've mentioned, they've actually maintained the number of people that are working in those sectors, which is why we see this robust employment well above long-term average, up 5% on a year-on-year basis. This speaks to the resilience of agriculture in an environment where there are domestic and global economic and geopolitical challenges. So this sector is delivered into this. The other point that I think it's worth highlighting is the export revenue, which remains quite encouraging. Uh, despite all of these trade friction that I was mentioning, the, the issue of citrus in the EU, wool in China, vegetables in Botswana and Namibia. Uh, for example, if you just take the first eight months of this year, South Africa's agricultural exports amounted to $8.9 billion. That's up 6% from the same period in 2021. But of course, on this, I, I mean, there's generally higher commodity prices, which contributed to that increase. But the point is that we're doing well and the volumes are also fairly stable. So that's a good performance and something to, 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 to highlight. And in these months, our exports are still remaining intact in some of our key markets. For example, the African continent and EU were one of those uh, regions, some of those regions that are vital for our exports, accounting for roughly two thirds of our agricultural exports. And our participation there in the first eight months um, of this year remains uh, fairly robust. And if you look at the products, we also still had a good diversification, citrus, maize, nuts, wine, sugar, apples, pears, grape were amongst those products that we saw going um, into those markets in this period. But I think beyond these developments, there's still policy issues also that were positive this year. If you think about it, the launch of the agricultural and agro-processing master plan in May this year by the Department of Agriculture, Land Reform and Rural Development along with the, so, with the social partners, uh, which is uh, business, labor, and, and, and the others, uh, was very helpful. Uh, because what that master plan does, it's pretty much a, a social combat program which combines the collective views and aspirations of the sector and set out the challenges and proposes the solution and also suggests then about how do we implement all of those suggested solutions going forward, who takes what responsibility. And if it's implemented uh, going forward successfully, I think it will give us a good momentum on long-term growth objectives of agriculture. And following the master plan, by the way, the master plan, we, we it's out there, people can read it. But I've also visited, uh, I sat down in a podcast uh, earlier this year with Peter Bruce, 
and uh, unpacked that particular uh, um, uh, uh, master plan and I'll try to see if we can link that podcast on this one so that people can be able to listen to it. I've also shared it on social media so that you can uh, go listen to that conversation where we unpacked the, the, the master plan and went through some of the potential weaknesses and how those will be closed, uh, those gaps, uh, so that it's implemented effectively. Now, the other important thing that the Department of Agriculture and uh, the Land Reform and Rural Development, along with the Land Bank, did this year was the launch of the Blended Finance. Um, the Blended Finance is an important step, and you can even view it as an implementation pillar of the master plan because then it will provide necessary support for those new entrant farmers that have to participate um, in this sector. And, and and of course, uh, if some, uh, which is myself included, we wish it could be broadened and include other financial institutions so that there is a comprehensive program that is out there. And, and we understand that there's work underway to that effect, uh, which will be able to accommodate everyone. The area that we haven't seen much uh, success, at least in a public eye, or progress, I shouldn't use the word success, is the Agriculture Development and Land Reform Agency. It was talked about by Minister Toko Tadiza, President Ramaphosa, but it hasn't yet been launched. But I know there's a lot of solid work that the colleagues of the department have done on structuring that work. So what we're waiting for is for it to be launched, and I think it will also be an important pillar in the implementation of master plan. You have blended finance, you have land reform agency, availing the land financing and bringing the skill set and all of the expertise from other organization in the organized agriculture setup. And then you have the department dealing with regulatory issues and they are cross-cutting matters, of course, that are also even going beyond agriculture that are constraining growth. But I think if they are lifted from an official perspective by the Department of Agriculture and Business, they will receive uh, much um, needed support even in, in some areas uh, or some departments that, that need to, to implement those. The other important thing that I think going forward we'll increasingly have to pay attention to is uh, uh, opening up of the export markets. This is a point that I've discussed in some of the previous uh, podcasts to say countries like China, South Korea, Japan, US, Vietnam, Taiwan, India, Saudi Arabia, Mexico, Philippines and Bangladesh are key markets that South Africa is looking at to say how do we widen our participation there. These are linked to the master plan. Folks are, have alluded to that in the write-up to say prioritize some of these countries on export markets, particularly on certain commodities. You'll see some of these uh, countries that are looked at. But beyond this, there are exogenous challenging factors to the sector, uh, particularly the poorly functions of the network uh, industries, roads, rail, ports, water, electricity, major issues, and the, the, the inadequate functioning of the municipalities. These are leading to increasing cost of businesses. Um, and I think it's, it's areas that needs to be, to be addressed. But I think broadly, 2022 presented various challenges, but the sector is resilient. Um, and it, it, it helped and achieved a lot on, on food security, job creation, as I alluded uh, to that, and we're now looking at the 2022-23 season, and I think the La Nina rains that we are starting to, to feel across the country, if they are not as disruptive, which is what I assume, 
um, then we will have another good season in 2020-23 and even a better one than this one. That's the hope that um, I'm sitting uh, here with. Um, and I thought, folks, uh, it's important to, to just highlight these these particular points in this week's segment. We'll come back next week uh, with some of the more focused uh, points on the sector, either domestically or something that is happening in the global market. That's it for me uh, this week. My name is Wandi Lesitlobo. I'm an agricultural economist uh, based in Pretoria. You can read more about some of my writing in my blog, www.wandilesitlobo.com or in the organization that I work for, which is the Agricultural Business Chamber of South Africa at www.agbiz.co.za, www.agbiz.co.za. Thanks for listening.